Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. Hello there and welcome once again. I need to take every chance I can get, you know, to introduce more people to more Canadians in old-time radio, so I'm very glad to have you with me. We're going to go back to June 28, 1958 for our episode from our uh, Made in Canada segment this uh, time, and it's going to feature Don Messer, who was a very famous fiddler here in Canada from, well, all through the 1940s, I guess, and then into the 1950s and uh, on television into the 19, early 1960s. So here is an episode of Don Messer and his Islanders from June 28th, 1958. It's Don Messer and his Islanders. Got my dancing boots on, got my Sunday best, going to the barn dance tonight. Now Dozy Do and Balance and swing them off their feet, dancing to the Islanders tonight. From Chatham, New Brunswick, as part of the CBC Caravan, it's a half hour of favorite tunes and songs, style of course by Don Messer and his Islanders. <laughs> Well, Don Messer wants you all to know that this is the province that he calls home. He was born not too far from here at Harvey Station. So it's only fitting we start with a good New Brunswick tune, that mouth of the Toby. Thank you. 
Now, Myra Gosburn comes originally from Moncton, and I can't tell whether she's bragging a bit or not this time, but things certainly must be different here, and I'm going to make it a point to see just what the difference is in this old New Brunswick moon. New Brunswick moon, you're peeking through the clouds tonight. Play and peekaboo with me below. Oh, New Brunswick moon, you're shining down from up above. Down on lovers' lane. Of long ago Every time the clouds Begin to hide Your silvery light I'll shed a million tears Until I know You're back inside Oh, you Brunswick moon You're like a land up in the blue Bringing back those dreams Of yesternight Every time the clouds Begin to hide Your silvery light I'll shed a million tears Until I know You're back inside Like a lamp up in the blue Bringing back those dreams Of yesternight Thank you very much, Frank Osborne, old New Brunswick moon. Oh, friends, here's a little article that looks the same no matter what part of this great country you may live. Music, it's nicely described as the maple leaf two-step.
Well, Don, what say we take this next tune that Wallop and Rose plays so good and dedicate it to these friends right here in the hall who have been so kind today to pay us a visit. And we say thanks with the black and white rag. I'll step up, Mr. Chamberlain, as it's time for you to add a bit to the program, and I see you're going to lead off uh, your part with another of those lively Irish tunes, and just about the best, as Charlie sings Volley, McQuilty's Band. I have no doubt you heard about the Bolly McQuilty Band, a band of great renown, is known from town to town. The people come to hear the drum McGilligan play so grand. And cheer whenever they hear the music so queer. The girls and boys all follow the band for miles and miles and think they've only walked a yard or two. And when you see them dressed in the very latest style, you'll know they're out for a rare old hullabaloo. Murphy plays the cornet and McGilligan bangs the drum. And pardon me, word he would make you laugh with these bobbity bobbity bum. O'Brien plays the trombone and O'Shaughnessy thinks it's grand. When Cassidy plays the cymbals with the Bally McQuilty band. <laughs> Rehearsal at the Bonnie McQuilty Hall. McGeevney, best of all, sure he didn't play at all. And when they all forgot the tune, McGilligan banged the drum, which made poor Cassidy's ear feel awfully queer. 
the cats and dogs all started to howl for miles and miles. They never heard the likes of it before. The town turned out and wondered what it was all about. They thought that somebody sure had started a war. Murphy plays the cornet and McGilligan bangs the drum. And pardon me, where he would make you laugh at these bumpity bumpity bum. O'Brien plays the trombone and O'Shaughnessy thinks it's grand. When Cassidy plays the cymbals at the Bally McQuilty Band. When Cassidy plays the cymbals at the Bally McQuilty Band. You know, even the lords and ladies of the day liked a bit of square dancing, as is proven by this bit of old-time music called Lord Alexander's Reel. Well, once again, it's our pleasure to say a big hello to all of our sick and shot-in friends and to all celebrating any special event. All the best to you from all of us as we play the Westphalia Waltz.
Well, some might call it folk music, but I call it real nice warbling as Mark Osborne steps to Mike with a guitar under the arm, all ready to play and sing the Blue Tail Fly. When I was young, I used to wait on Master and give him his play. And pass the bottle when he got dry And brush away the blue-tailed fly Jimmy Crackhorn, I don't care Jimmy Crackhorn, and I don't care Jimmy Crackhorn, and I don't care My master's gone away One day he ride around the farm the flies so numerous they did swarm one chance to bite him on the thigh the devil take the blue tail fly jimmy crack gone and i don't care jimmy crack gone and i don't care jimmy crack gone and i don't care my master's gone Pony run, he jumped, he pitched He threw my master in the ditch Jimmy crack gone and I don't care Jimmy crack gone and I don't care My master's gone away They laid him under a simmon tree his epitaph is there to see. Beneath the stone I'm forced to lie. A victim of the blue tail fly. Jimmy crack on and I don't care. Jimmy crack on and I don't care. Jimmy crack on and I don't care. My master's gone. Jimmy Crackhorn and I don't care, I'm Marg, I like that. You know, we're going to have you do another of those real soon. That's pretty. Well, here's something else that's real pretty, and we can send it to those good people who live just a few miles from Chatham. We call it the Bay St. Anne Quadrille. Thank you. 
Now, if you ever go across the sea to Ireland, and if you do, you'll probably hear this song that Charlie Chamberlain adds, and we'd like to dedicate it especially to Mrs. Dunham down at St. John, New Brunswick, who I understand is 80 years old. And Mrs. Dunham, for you, and for just about everybody out there, here's Charlie Chamberlain singing the lovely Galway Bay. If you ever go across the sea to Ireland Then maybe at the closing of your day You will sit and watch the moon rise over Clodda And watch the barefoot garsoons at their Just to hear again the ripple of the trout stream The women in the meadows making hay And to sit beside a turf fire in the cabin And see the sun go down on Galway Bay For the breeze is blowing o'er the seas from Ireland Are perfumed by the heather as they blow And the women in the uplands digging praises Speak a language that the strangers do not know For the strangers came and tried to teach us their way They scorned us just for being what we are But they might as well go chasing after moonbeams Or light a penny candle from the stars Now if there's going to be a life hereafter And faith I'm sure there's going to be I will ask my God to let me make my When you take a six-foot gent, put a guitar in his hands, that's Cecil McCachran. Yes, sir, he's ready and willing to play, so let's not hold the boy up. Let's have that second change of the guitar break down boogie.
Well, the highlights of our programs to us is the time we blend the voices of Mark Osborne and Charlie Chamberlain on something a whole lot better in songs. Today they sing, If You Know the Lord. Osborne, Charlie Chamberlain singing the lovely If You Know the Lord. Well, let's get back to instrumental music once again. Don Messer, His Islanders, and the little rubber dolly. That's just about all the time we have for right now. We have had so much fun around here tonight. We do hope that you will join us next Saturday night at this same time, and we'll be back with a whole lot more of the same. And until then, this is Ray Simmons speaking for Mark Osborne, Sally Chamberlain, Don Messer, and all the Islanders, bidding you all a very pleasant good night, a happy and safe weekend, and reminding you that Don Messer and his Islanders came to you from the studios of CBH in Halifax, Nova Scotia, a presentation of the CBC. This is the CBC Radio Network. You know, there was such an uproar when the television show Don Messer's Jubilee was cancelled that it was even brought up in the House of Commons, if you can believe such a thing. Anyway, let's uh, carry on now with an episode of Boston Blackie from January uh, 28th, 1948. Now, there is a Canadian in this show. And you'll be very, very surprised to hear who it is. 
Just let me say that he also has something to do with music. The rest, I'll let you find out for yourself. This is Jack Lascule, the only disc jockey in captivity who was born with a platter in his mouth. Run do not walk to the nearest telephone and register your request with the Lord of Lascule's Lodge. If we've got it, you'll get it. Because here nothing matters except what's on the platters. And another call, another customer. Lascule Lodge, Lascule speaking. Hello, Jack. Well, it isn't Hector, it isn't Rector, but my very good friend, the record collector. That's right. I recognize your voice. What's collecting, kid? I'm still looking for that old OK recording of Malibu Malady. You've been chasing that for over six months, Jim. Yeah, I've been trying to get it for years. And I'll catch up with it one of these days, too. I've got my ears open for it. Good. Uh, what do you want me to play this more in the current crop? Well, how about my Made in America Maiden? That it'll be. Swell. Okay. I'd like to have it played at 10 o'clock. Will do. You know, uh, something funny's been happening lately. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm going to make sure. Well, Jack, what you do is your business. Only maybe it wouldn't be healthy if it interfered with mine. did it happen again? Well, I was driving down the freeway on my way to work watching this old Betty Grable movie. Watching an old Betty Grable movie? Yeah, a little portable TV. I had it sitting up there in the dashboard. I know. All of a sudden, this commercial comes on. The guy in a white coat says, now watch this amazing demonstration. And? I watched. Next thing I knew, pow! Look, you can't watch television commercials while you commute. I found that out. You can't read a newspaper. The only thing you can do while you're driving is listen to the radio. Yeah, well, that's all I intend to do, boys. Just as soon as I get out of traction. Now, on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friends. No, I tell you. I'll call you if I do. Where was I? I didn't think you knew, Inspector. That's why I came down to see you. Blackie, you're all I need. That's what I thought. That's another reason I'm here at headquarters. Blackie, let's understand something. Only one of us belongs down here. I know, but I have so many other things to do. Well, in that case, go do them. What do you want, anyway? Just came down to offer my help in case there's a murder case lying around that needs a solution. Well, there isn't any lying around, so suppose you turn around and get lost. Oh, I can't turn around, Inspector. It makes me dizzy. What's your excuse when you're standing still? Well, beat it, will you, Blackie? I got work to do. I never heard a better reason for my staying. How would you like me to throw you out? You mean I have a choice? Uh, Let me see now. I think possibly... You think? Are you kidding? You never had a thought in your life. Now, get out of here. Call up your friend Mary Wesley. Waste her time. Do something. Do anything. But don't do it here. Well, at least my intentions were good. I thought maybe there was something puzzling you. There is. Oh, I'll tell you the time. It's exactly... It's exactly time for my patience to be exhausted. 
There's nothing for you to work on, Blackie. Nobody's been shot. Nobody's been killed. Nobody's even been hurt. But for help me, if you don't get out of here now, there's going to be somebody hurt. Somebody named you. Okay. And the spot for tonight is a warehouse at number 18 Maiden Lane. Yeah. You're breaking the place on the dot of 10. You got it? Got it, Mr. Pine. Barry, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. But look, boss, I think we ought to lay low for a while. We're having too much luck. It's going to run out on us. We're doing all right. We're going to keep on doing all right. Yeah. Now, maybe we will be interrupted one of these nights, but company won't bother you. If you're ready to shoot and shoot to kill? I tell you, boss, I don't want to do it. We have enough time. Be knowledge. quiet, Larry. Okay. Now get everything ready and be set for that 10 o'clock date you have. I'll see you back here at midnight. You don't want to come with us for a change, Mr. Barnes? No, Henry, I don't. I have some recordings I want to play. That's what I like. While we work, he plays. <laughs> Yeah. What'd you think of that robbery on Maiden Lane a little while ago? Well, Mary, according to the radio, two people killed, so I guess Faraday is thinking about it, Pony. He knows his stuff, though. Right. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Yes? Hello, Blackie? Hello? This is Jack Lascoli. Hello, Jack. How's my favorite disc jockey? A little confused right now. Oh, really? Listen, Blackie, did you hear about the robbery tonight? Yes, down on Maiden Lane at 10 o'clock. I heard it on the radio. Why? I played a request for a guy at that time. It was a song called My Maid in America Maiden. Maiden, huh? Yeah. And the robbery was Maiden Lane. Who made the request, Jack? Some guy who keeps c***ing uh-huh. He wanted a song called You Can't Thread a Needle from a Pine. And I bet he wanted it played at midnight, didn't he? That's right. How did you know? A couple of nights ago, there was a robbery at midnight on Pine Street. Jack, somebody's using you to cue a hold-up gang. Well, I'm glad you called me. I'm glad I was in. When it comes to getting a lead in a hold-up gang, apparently there's no place like home. Henry, I told you there'd be trouble on that Maiden Lane job tonight. I told you. Oh, well, you dry up. Just be lucky you aren't Tony. Tony would still be alive when you, you had... Shut up, Larry. Say that once more, I'll take you apart. You're too yellow to even try. Tony wouldn't have been killed if you hadn't turned yellow and run. That's all, Larry. I heard enough from you. No. I'm all right, get up, Larry. I'm not through with you. Get up. No. No, get up. You don't hear about this, Henry. You don't hear about it. One way or another. Identification on this Mike's party, Matthews? No, he emptied his pockets. Name's Tony. Tony Bromwell. Just a cheap hooker. Yeah, we're we'll wiggling around up to Hello, Barney. Oh, goodbye, Blackie. You mean good boy, Blackie. I bring not only good cheer, but good news. Oh. I have a line on the outfit to pull this job tonight, and I know how we can be there waiting for them when they go to work again. Uh, Mr. Norridal, well, I don't want to know any of it. Oh, yes, you do. Come on, we're going down to a radio station and listen to Jack Lascouli to this jockey. I'm right in the middle of a murder case, and you want me to listen to records? Yes, Faraday, I do. A schooling show is an all-request program. And Jack gets certain requests from a certain character, and that signals his gang where to go next. Blackie, sometimes I think you're out of your mind. Out of my mind, am I? 
Well, you and I are going to watch Jack Lascouli's program and get some information out of the air. Come on in, Blackie. Now, you got me out here to this broadcasting studio. Let's go in. Come on. We've got a few minutes yet before Lascouli goes on the air. Relax, Inspector. If you were on, who could relax? I can. Now, look. Once Jack Lascouli goes on the air, be quiet, will you? Tell you what you do. Say whatever you're thinking. That'll guarantee you won't open your mouth. All I care about is that there's a call from that record collector you seem to think is the clue to this whole case. I hope it will be. Oh, say, I just remembered something. That's a change. The schoolie is supposed to interview Guy Lombardo tonight. Guy Lombardo's probably in the studio right now. Guy Lombardo, he's my favorite band leader. Hey, he's in there. I want to meet him. Well, he's inside in person. What are we waiting for? I don't know. There's still a couple of minutes to add time, so we can go in and meet him. Hi there, Jack. Blackie, come on in. Glad you could make it. Great, Jack. Uh, this is Inspector Faraday. Hi, Inspector. Oh, you two have something in common, I think. The schoolie spins record. The inspector just uh, spins. <laughs> <laughs> Blackie and Inspector Faraday, I'd like you to know my guest for this evening. You've heard his band a lot. This is Guy Lombardo. Oh, Hello, nice Inspector. Hello, Blackie. Nice to know you. Nice to know you, Guy. Said it's a great band you have. Thanks, Blackie. Say, that was a great case you broke last week. The one where the sports writer chopped that boxer. Nice to know that you read about it, Guy. Yeah, anytime anybody can read, it comes as a big surprise to Blackie. The inspector makes jokes when he isn't making arrests, Guy. The arrests sometimes are good. I wish you fellas would wait a minute or so. I put this dialogue on the air. It sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will. So, Guy. Uh, yes, Blackie. Naturally, I've heard that sweetest music this side of heaven of yours. Listen to your records and heard the radio programs. What's the big secret of staying on top so long? Oh, I just lead a good band or something like catching a cook, Blackie. Hey, this I got to hear. Well, first of all, the public must be pleased. Yeah. They're pleased when a killer is caught, aren't they? That's right. Well, in order to catch a clever thief, you've got to have a plan. Sure do. In order to make good music, you've got to have good arrangements. Same thing. Sounds like you've got something there. Furthermore, success only comes when you get somebody to face the music. Okay. Both in your business and mine. Right, Blackie? It certainly is. You know, Guy, I... Hold everything, fellas. This may be the call Blackie and Faraday came up here for. The schoolie lodge, the boss speaking. Hello, Jack. Wait a second. Uh, Inspector Faraday, Blackie. Yes? Uh, pick up that extension phone over there. This is the call. Okay, let's go in. Now, take your hand away from the mouthpiece as soon as I pick up this phone, huh? Okay, I got it. Go ahead. All right, now, my friend, uh, can I serve you a measure of musical pleasure? You sure can. Okay. You can find that old okay record I've been asking for. I'm looking, but nothing's cooking. I'll find it one of these days. What do you have tonight? Do you have a record of you can't two-time me two times? Sure do. Is that for you? That's for me, all right. How about playing it at 4 a.m.? You'll have it. If uh, you can't two-time me two times at 4. Two times two makes four, so the whole thing makes sense. Call again. I will. Was that the call you were waiting for, Inspector? It sure was, Guy. Look, fellas, I go in the air in 30 seconds. Are you going to wait? I'm not sure, Jack. Friday. Did you get the request the guy made? Well, sure, I got it. Only I don't get it. He said something about times, Inspector. Time. Well, that's got to mean Times Square. And he wants the record played at 4 a.m. You get it now, don't you? Hey, I'm going to get it, too. What you're getting is right, Guy. And at 4 a.m., Inspector Faraday and I are going to get that gang. End of the block, and we'll be on the north side of Times Square, Larry. I know where we'll be. 
still sore from that kicking around I gave you, huh? Anybody that's killed tonight, Henry, I hope it's you. And it may be my fault. You just better hope you don't get shot in the back yourself. Turn here. I know where to turn. Awful quiet up here. What do you expect it for in the morning? A parade? Get lost. Now, which is the place we knock off? The store just across from the hotel. There it is, the other end of the square. Slow down. Okay. Well, we have to drive the whole length of Times Square for That's just for trouble. Mr. Barnes said to drive across Times Square. Look things over. Hey, got to move behind us. So what? Uh, we aren't the only people out tonight. There he is, cop. What's the roadblock across 46th Street? Huh? Yeah, look up ahead. Another block. They got all the streets blocked off. Henry, I told you. Never mind what you told me. Step on. All right, all right. Step on and bust through that barrel. All right. Hold on, hold on with you. Mad delivery. Let's get away from him quick. This is one roadblock that won't stop us. Here we go! This is radio's controversial, frequently quoted award-winning reporter, Wally Ballou, in behalf of the campaign to get transistor radios in every home. I'm asking people to tell me how radio has helped them in an emergency. I'm disaster-prone. I've stumbled upon almost every calamity in the last 50 years. Go ahead. Name a disaster. Any disaster. Well, Hurricane Betsy. I was right in the eye of that one. Did the transistor radio help you there? It told me what was happening every minute. I even heard myself being rescued on the radio. How about the big blackout? At the time, I was wearing a towel in a steam bath, listening to my transistor. It kept me calm and stopped me from running out in the street that way. <laughs> a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> uh, how about the San Francisco earthquake, Chicago fire? Well, I'm not that old, though. Oh, sorry. <laughs> However, I was hanging around Wall Street a lot when the stock market crashed in 29. Did radio help you that time? No. I was too busy crying to listen to now, let's get back to Boston Blackie. Jack Lascouli, disc jockey, receives phoned-in song requests. And shortly afterwards, there are robberies on streets whose names correspond with a word in the title of the songs. Blackie is sure that the requests are being used to broadcast instructions to a gang of thieves. His theory is borne out when he and Faraday follow one of the leads, and the gang appears at the designated spot. The thieves escape, however. As we return to our story, it is several days later, and Blackie is in Mary Wesley's apartment. I knew that gang would quit operating after the run-in they almost had with us in Times Square the other night. Oh? They've gone underground, Mary. Don't think they'll stay there for good, Blackie? I don't know, but I think I ought to go see Faraday and get him to listen to the schoolie in case another tip-off comes in. Well, I don't know what else you can do. Well, Mary, I guess it's so long for now, then. Huh? I'll be back when there's something on the air that'll stop me from being up in the air. <laughs> until the phone rang. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I forgot you sleep in the afternoons. You know who this is, don't you? Yes, my old friend, the collector. Collect some other time, will you? Oh, sure, Jack, but uh, I just... No, wait a minute. Uh, I guess I, I wasn't as awake as I thought. Uh, 
You have another message for me? Uh, another one of those weird ones? No, not now. Uh-huh. I might have one tonight, though. Oh, swell. I'll be waiting for your call. You might get one. But yeah. look, what I really want to know is, have you had any luck finding that okay recording of Malibu Malady? No, Joe, I'm working on it. Leave it to me. Leave everything to me. about Jack Lascouli. Now, if you like his program so much, go listen to it. But don't make me listen to you. I still say someone is tipping the gang through Lascouli's program. The next time a tip is given, we're going to... I expect the Faraday. What is it, Moses? Oh, hello, Blackie. Hello, son. Quickly, ask me to listen to Lascouli's program and tell you when that record collector phones you again. Uh-huh. Oh, you didn't agree with my theory, Inspector. Lascouli called me. He expects a call tonight. That fellow on the phone with Lascouli now, Moses? Yeah, I'll turn on your radio and you can listen in here. I guess it's been a call. <laughs> Saturday, I think your face is red. Lounge, it's warm in here. I didn't notice it. Okay. That's uh, okay record? Sorry, but I'm still looking for the Lascouli Right now. Guys are down already. Take up the first. Have to get the left. Stewart! 
I'll uh, be your help, Blackie. Oh, that's all right, Inspector. Glad to be of assistance. Only I have to be a little repetitious. Again? I don't agree with Matthews. I don't think the gang is cleaned up. You mean there are others? At least one of them. You see, there's something a little wrong with the information that Lascouli was getting. Well, what's that? I think whoever it was that was calling him wanted the police stepped off and not the gang. He wanted his own gang wiped out. That's great. Now he disappeared, we'll never find out who he is. He'll never call Lascouli again. Maybe I can make him. That is, if I can sound like an old man. Uh, you certainly think like one. What are you talking about? What's the man to Jack Lascouli's program tonight? I'm going to be an old man. Old man. Yeah. Are you sure you can play the part of an old man without uh, whiskers? <laughs> this is radio, Mary. Not television. Oh, that makes a big difference. Oh, Jack's just giving me the signal to come on in studio. Well, Mary, wish me luck. Good luck, old man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Okay. And now we have a surprise for all you lads and lasses, and especially for one listener in particular who wants a certain record like I want a million dollars. Here in the studio tonight, I have a guest. A young guest, about 80 years young, I'd say. Yeah. And he's a record collector. His name is Ezra Lawrence. Okay. How long have you been collecting records, Mr. Lawrence? Oh, about as long as they've been making things, then. I suppose you have some really rare discs, then, haven't you? You've got some as far back as the first interphones. Oh, <laughs> those things in each thick, hmm? Some of them ain't discs at all, just cylinders. Say, I'd certainly like to hear some of your old records sometimes. I'd be glad to play them for you, son. I'll accept that invitation. Uh, by the way, you uh, you don't have uh, any old OK records, do you? Just got a few. You don't by any chance have uh, Malibu Malibu, do you? Sure have. Great. they the only copy in existence, I reckon. Uh, I suppose you wouldn't part with it, though. Well, I might. I've got to eat, and I can't eat my records. Uh, you could eat plenty for what you could get for that old OK record, Mr. Lawrence. I wouldn't be surprised if... Excuse me. Lascouli Lodge. Lascouli speaking. Yes. Hold that old man up there. Don't let him get away. Oh, hello. You heard about your okay record, did you? Yeah, and I have to have it, Jack. I have to have it. Will that old man sell it to me? I don't know. I'll ask him. Okay. Lawrence? Hey, what's this? Mr. Lawrence, uh, you uh, have a buyer for that okay record of yours? Uh, Will you sell? It depends on the price. I hear him. I heard him. Tell him I'll pay whatever he asks. I'll be right up, Jack. I've got to have that record. Well, Blackie, I um, I hope you're happy. 
You were right about the tips the school he was getting. <laughs> you should be happy, too. <laughs> sure, I am, too. So why don't you smile, Inspector? What's that a smile about? Oh, I think you have a lot to smile about, Inspector Faraday. You have that Mr. Um, oh, what's his name? Barnes, Mary, William Barnes. Yeah, you have Mr. Barnes in jail, and all the men who worked for him are dead. I'll tell you why Faraday isn't smiling, Mary. Why? I was right about everything. Too right. Uh, I, I agree that Barnes was tipping off his gang with those requests he made to La Schooley. But that's where you were wrong, Faraday. He wasn't tipping his gang, he was tipping off La Schooley. Even I didn't realize that, though, until just before we knocked off his gang. So what, uh, what made you realize it then? Mary, he asked for his request that he played at the exact time scheduled for the robberies. Yeah. The tips were too late for his gang, but not too late for the schoolie to inform the police. Um, Rocky, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to ask why Barnes went through all that trouble. Barnes was rich, Mary. He wanted to quit. But he wanted to get rid of the man who knew too much about him. Well, then, then why didn't we just phone the police or, or write them a letter? Oh, phone calls and letters to the police can be traced, Mary. And besides, Barnes got a kick out of doing it through Jack Lascooley. He had the same result, you see, and Barnes was record happy. What's more, he planned on stopping his calls to Lascooley as soon as his gang was killed and therefore be in the clear himself. Well, now, wait a minute, Blackie. Why did he stop calling Mr. Lascooley? His mania for collecting records got him, just as I hoped it would when I went on the air. Oh, that story about that okay record. Yes, Faraday, but from now on, believe me, Barnes will have another kind of a record. A police record. Thanks so much for listening. I'll go back to my treasure trove and see what else I can dig up for you as far as Canadians and old-time radio goes. Have yourself a good week, and see you next time. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.